everyone. Welcome to Chit Chat Connoisseur, a Hey Alicia podcast. You can subscribe and listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor FM. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to Chit Chat Connoisseur, a Hey Alicia podcast. Uh, this is Alicia. It has been a hot minute since we have taped an episode, but I'm so happy to be back. Life has been so crazy for me, but in the best way. And uh, we are just jumping back into season three and jumping back into some amazing, amazing, amazing um, guests and conversations and getting into all things lifestyle and culture and pop culture because you know me I love mess um but today we have an amazing uh, special guest with us her name is Josanta Gray Emigano and she is the founder and CEO of Grayscale Media and the Olivia Pope of Beauty consider it handled welcome to the show thank you so much for having me it was such a great intro yes Olivia Pope Beauty <laughs> Um, it is handled. I make the gray areas comfortable for people and we, we snap them out, uh, into the right area. <laughs> That's right. That is right. So what exactly is the Olivia Pope of beauty? And we're going to get into all things, but tell us high level first. What is the Olivia Pope of beauty? Mean? Yeah. So my company specializes in working with women owned minority owned businesses across mainly beauty, but starting to include other categories and helping them with two main services. One being uh, retail operations, so actually getting women-owned, minority-owned businesses onto the shelves of major retailers. So I had a client launch in Target last week. Uh, I've worked with Sephora before, Ulta, Urban Outfitters, all that good stuff because, um, you know, shelf space is limited and not always a, a space for us to be super visible at these big box retailers. And then on the other end, I also work on brand partnerships for my clients. So if they do want to do a collab or something with a Gabrielle Union, a Cardi B, or um, a Teresa Judice or something, like we have to figure out like, how does that look? What do you have the budget? I'll do the negotiations on their behalf. So it's just mainly jumping in anytime they have issues or just need someone to some guidance uh, when it comes to their business and I jump in and I handle it and I make sure to ask all of the the questions that are necessary because I think sometimes in business we get a little apprehensive or like oh I don't want to look dumb but like no sometimes you got to ask those hard questions or you're going to get bit uh bit in the ass in another way. That's true. I know that's right. Well, I am so happy you're here. I know that everyone's going to be able to get something, if not many things, you know, out of this conversation and out of your expertise. That's what we're here for. And again, y'all, we just love to connect with you know, people that are subject matter experts in their area and can share, you know, wisdom and intelligence and knowledge. And that's why we're here just connecting with people, right? And about the journey and how you also got to where you are right now. Um, so we always like to start off the show with a little life hack. Um, the life hack could literally be anything. It could be about cleaning. I tend to talk about plants. I became a plant mom over quarantine when we were inside the house bored. And I was like, let me just buy some plants because I have nothing else to do. So I became a plant mom. But uh, but we could talk about that. You could talk about planning. You could literally talk about anything. Um, so we like to give a life hack. I'll be honest with you all. Life has been crazy lately, but I'm going to give a shout out. This is, I mean, it could be an endorsement. It's not really endorsement, but I will give a shout out 
to Google Calendar because let me tell you, (laughs) planning, I'm currently, you know, we have our life and our our jobs and all these things. And then I'm also planning a wedding. I, your girl is engaged and I'm planning a wedding and planning a wedding is a lot, right? So just like having the Google Calendar just there um, to just keep me, you know, keep me organized, keep myself and my fiance organized has been such a blessing. So again, I don't know. I don't even, it's not an endorsement. They are not sponsoring this podcast. I wish they were a job, but they're not. But (laughs) they come in and clutch because even if they sense you're talking about a certain date in the conversation, it'll pop up on the calendar a little bit. Like, Hey, is this something that needs to be scheduled or thing? Yeah, it is. It is. Thank it, you. it is. It, it absolutely. <laughs> exactly. So for me, I'm just like, listen, it has helped. Um, it has helped keep me organized. So that is my life hack. Y'all I have an iPhone and I used to be, I used to put everything in just like the, the Apple calendar. Um, and I do like it, but it's just the Google calendar just hits different. It just hits my spirit differently. Um, so that's my life hack. Y'all just get a Google calendar, sync all of your accounts, to the Google calendar calendar and you will be in there like swimmer that's just me yes I'm here for it I guess I actually have two on the subject of organizations and calendars Mm -hmm. oh we're getting organized this episode you guys (laughs) (laughs) I consider myself to be like a very organized person I'm a Mm -hmm. Libra so we like for things to be balanced and like scales all that good stuff and so obviously when you've been working professionally for a while, you think like, oh, I've learned everything. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. But actually one of my new assistants that I hired, she's in college. So I'm giving her like an opportunity kind of to ask great questions, just giving her an opportunity to just learn more um, about beauty in the industry. And so obviously during your college years, you tend to not actually work during nine to five hours. And Mm -hmm. so she would send off these emails and would come through at like 5 a.m. my time. And I'm like, man, she's like really getting after it. Come to find out she's scheduling the emails that she sends out. She's like working at like midnight, 2 a.m., which is like typically college vampire hours. That's that's what I expect. Like the things that she's working on aren't time sensitive. So she's scheduling them out and they're going off at like 5 a.m. my time. She's like, oh yeah, no, I'm not up that early. And I'm just like, I never thought to schedule (laughs) my emails to go out because there are times on weekends I want to like get ahead, but I don't want to send out that email because I don't want that person to think like, oh, I'm reachable 24 seven. Yeah. Sending an email on a Saturday evening, they're going to be like, oh, okay. Like she works around the clock. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not trying to establish those like unhealthy boundaries as a business owner. So I'm just like, I, I had never thought to, when I'm trying to get it, I just should schedule them for Monday. That was like Mm -hmm. such a life, a life hack, like light bulb that went off in my head of like, huh, I should have been doing this. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh, a few years too late. I, I do do that sometimes, um, schedule things out because it's just like you said, boundaries and people will think, oh, well, she works around the clock and she's sending emails at, you know, and to be, I mean, I guess it can also speak to us working, right? So late. And I do think sometimes, yeah, we want to get ahead of things. You work on the weekends, you might work after hours. And that sometimes does happen. I mean, it, it's happened to me. It happens to all of us, but it just speaks to boundaries, you know, and if you yeah. do choose to work a little bit later then you know, quote unquote business hours, then fine, but schedule it out far out. You know what I mean? And you also too, um, 
I think sometimes just in this age that we're in, right, with like social media, and we're obviously in a very like digital age at this time. And I think what happens is people also can feel pressured to respond back to you or pressured to get back to you if it's like on a weekend or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, And that's another thing too. But it's all about boundaries, y'all. It's all about boundaries. I recently met someone where in her email signature, she wrote, if this email finds you at an inconvenient time, don't be pressured to reply. And I was like- self-care queen, we stand. (laughs) I was like, oh, I need to steal this. Okay, let me put this in my signature. Because, you know, again, when you are working is not necessarily best for others. So just to have that level of care of like, hey, you might receive this at 2 a.m. Like, please, please know I'm just trying to get it out of my head. Like, don't take this as a, you need to reply. And also, you know what I was thinking about too, like, it's um it's it's setting boundaries and then it's also like <laughs> you when we're working you know you're in media and and in retail and like all those things people are worldwide so you might have like me for example I'm on the east coast like for me it's we're recording and it's in the afternoon for you it's earlier on in the day right so it's kind of like that's another thing too that we have to respect that everybody's on different time zones and there have been times that I've worked with you know people um, in my industry and they're in Ireland or they're in Singapore and they're in different places and it sometimes can be a little bit hard to connect because they're daytime I'm not I'm sleep I'm in REM like pure REM cycle I am knocked out so it's a matter of just kind of like setting up that expectation that cadence and like you said boundaries that is like the word for 2022 is like boundaries is just that's the tip that I am on this year y'all okay so I hope you guys got something out of these life hacks and uh take notes if you're driving please don't take notes (laughs) take mental notes of these things on how to just get organized and set boundaries for yourself so tell me a little bit more let's 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 get into it so I was doing a little bit of research and I was looking at your website and I was like, wow, she's doing a lot, right? Like she is, she is really working. She's doing a lot. She's getting the people into where they need to be. So tell me a little bit more about yourself and, you know, kind of how you got into this, you know, media and, you know, this, this beauty industry and this retailing industry and and why it's so important to you. Yeah. And I should say, I am not a publicist. I think sometimes when people see my company name, they're like, oh, media. And so like you get people placements and like, that's literally the, as you said, I do a lot. That's literally the one service I don't offer. (laughs) (laughs) Touche, touche. I don't don't do that. But originally I started out my career thinking I was going to be like an on-air host. I really wanted to be like next, um, AJ and free and like do all that great stuff. But Oh, one of six. I had kind of like a midlife, barely quarter life crisis when I was in college. Um, when you're doing news and you're like heavy in journalism and you're learning all of the skill sets um, for school, they would have us actually go out and interview real subjects. And because I didn't want to just take my articles, oh, it's just my teacher. Like I did a little hustle where there's a local um, South LA newspaper where if I created stories for school, I would also pitch them to them and they would go to print and I would get paid for them. So I was like, oh. I'm already going to be doing the work for class. <laughs> let's, oh, let's, right. make this a, let's make this an income. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a story that I did on a woman who was HIV positive And mm-hmm. I asked her, how did your family feel about that? And like, how did they take the news? And she's like, oh, they don't know. Well, this is actually going to be wow. printed. So mm. I, I, I can, I don't, I don't understand. And she's like, yeah, I've like had this obviously for the last, I can't remember how long it could have been like five, six years. 
And she's like, yeah, I'm using your article as the deadline of when I'm going to tell my family that I'm HIV positive. Because right now they just thought that she had cancer or something. When Mm -hmm. I tell you, I went out to my car and bawled my Um, eyes out. Yeah. Because it's just so, it's touching one that she wanted to use me as a medium to divulge that to her family. But it's also was a shocking moment for me of like, can I do this every day and be mm-hmm. a journalist? Like I'm sitting here crying. Like you can imagine. If it gets heavy. It's it heavy. really heavy. Yeah. So that was kind of the moment where I had to pivot. And I was like, you know, I really, I enjoy the act of storytelling, but I want to do it from a business perspective with brands. Um, so for my first job out of college, I actually worked at a talent agency and um, learned all about licensing and brand partnerships. Uh, and then from there, jumped and worked at a, co- a Black-owned cosmetics company and was their chief operating officer. And then from there, started Grayscaled, which is basically a culmination of those two jobs and the things that I found difficult as a Black woman and making them very easy for others. But the training ground of when, when I first started at that talent agency was amazing. Like I got to work with some of our favorite Bravo celebrities and learning how they put together partnerships, how they do their businesses. And so when I watch these shows back now, there's like a little insider notes that go off in my head of like, oh, okay. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I just thought about? You talked about Bravo celebrities. What I just saw, I think today, I feel like I saw it today. It could have been yesterday. I don't know. But I did see that Kenya mm-hmm. um, has her Kenya more hair care um, into CVS now, which is, oh, wow. I didn't see yeah, that. I think I just saw, I mean, I am not the biggest fan of Kenya. I'll just put that out there. However, that's huge. Like your hair care line in a major pharmacy, which is, I mean, I think I want to say CVS is all over the U S I would think yeah. so. Um, which is huge, but I actually just saw that in terms of bra celebrity. So, you know, shout out to Kenya more hair care. <laughs> Kenya more hair. I mean, honestly, it is a major obstacle to get into any retailer. A lot of people don't recognize, um, obviously, you have to sell the products to the retailer, marketing costs, shelf space costs, fixtures, if you have to like do that, if it's like a cosmetics company, like there's a lot of hidden fees. So when you're Mm -hmm. able to do it, do it well and stay on the shelves, like that's something to, to applaud. And, you know, it's a nice pat on your back. But I mean, we've all seen the brands and companies come and go but I will say you know Kenya love hair relationship with her as well from watching her over the years but I will applaud her in the longevity that we've had with Kenya more hair hair care that's right but look at us now we're sitting here singing this stupid jingle from you know Kenya more hair care and for those of you who don't know Kenya more uh, was the was she the first Miss Black USA or the second because I feel yeah, like I've heard don't come for you if you <laughs> I'm pretty sure she was the first black Miss USA. Mm -hmm. And because I remember when I was younger, just thinking, obviously, you know, as black women, you know, we know the first, we know the first is the first, like we have, you know, Vanessa Williams and, you know, Kenya Moore and, you know, you know, Simone, but like, you just know the first, that's just what we see. It's the representation that we get, especially as little black girls. And I remember thinking she was so gorgeous and she was first with black USA and da, 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 da. Then she came on the Real Housewives of Atlanta and I was like, okay, she's actually terrible. <laughs> it's like her personality is so on and off. And I was like, I cannot, but you can't knock her for that accomplishment like you did you know 
It's funny though that you say we remember the first because you're right. I do remember we remember the first in like really pinnacle moments, whether it's something that's a sports or authorist, whatever brands, all that good stuff. But like I can never remember the title, but I know that literally her first season, that was the point of contention between her and Portia. Her and Portia got mm-hmm. the title wrong. And however many Child. years, a decade, what since then, I still am like, is it? <laughs> no, it's I I'm it's Miss USA. It, it's uh, it's Miss USA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Miss USA. We're gonna get her title right because Lord Child. I mean, I'm sure Kenya Moore is not listening to this. However, <laughs> we just want to make sure we get it right. So Kenya Moore, Miss Black U, Miss USA, Miss USA. All right. So there it is. Now, other than Kenya, so and Kenya obviously you know, has notoriety and fame from, you know, being in the pageant world. And of mm-hmm. course, thereafter, she was in movies and she's an actress, model, et cetera. Right. So in terms of this space, so we're talking about, you know, for example, the beauty industry, I, I really and I want you to hit on this point, if you can, please explain to the people, some might know, some might not, why it is often so difficult for black owned businesses or even minority businesses to get into these retailing spaces to break into the beauty industry. Like, why is it such a challenge? Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure I know why, but I'm very crass. So I, I know what I would say. Right. But in someone who, you know, this is kind of your area of expertise, why it's so challenging to break into these spaces. Yeah. So I guess to, to give a little color as well in 2020, um, a woman by the name of Aurora James started this challenge called the 15% challenge, mm-hmm. which basically is a pledge that retailers like Sephora, um, I want to say blue mercury is also part of it. And some others where they have to commit 15% of their shelf space to black owned or BIPOC owned businesses, because buyers, quite frankly, buyers discover new products sometimes in a lazy form, sometimes in um, an active uh, situation if they want to. But so active mm-hmm. in, or active in, and in a passive ways, what I mean by that is um, you can be buyers at trade shows. You can also have buyer introductions maybe from other brand founders. Um, buyers may also read the 10 best black owned lipstick companies and they mm-hmm. might go down the list and just send an email to all of those companies. But if you aren't on that list, but you also have a great product, like, all right, you're asked out, like you're not in that conversation. So there is a a disparity with the amount of brands that are actually minority owned on the shelves at major retailers. There are companies where sometimes they are targeting or marketing us, but they're not necessarily owned by us. So Mm -hmm. we want to be able to continue to circulate the black dollar, which is why the 15% challenge is so powerful and needed. But with that comes additional obstacles for the brand founder because not only do you have to you know offer some goods for the retailer to purchase so if you're doing a cosmetics line or a hair care line they're going to purchase these products from you at wholesale but mm-hmm. then the retailer may charge you for marketing um so mm-hmm. some people who have brands have the expectation of oh i'm going to be in all their ads you're not when you flip through mm-hmm. the ultimate magazine that you get do you see do you see Juvia's Place in, in every single one? Do you see Beauty Bakery in, in every single ad? No. Um, mm-hmm. So those, those opportunities aren't always going to be afforded to you as well. Then you have shipping. You got to pay sometimes to actually ship the products to the retailer. Then there's these crazy things called chargebacks. 
Um, chargebacks basically mean if you didn't follow the protocol, they're going to find you. So did mm-hmm. you, the, the products arrive late? Um, were they not packed appropriately? Uh, did you not actually, maybe you forgot to put a barcode or something on, on your products. Like these type of things they'll, they'll find you for. And there are also retailers that'll find you for being out of stock. Some founders think being out of stock, oh my God, it's popping. Like people love it. That actually hinders your sales momentum. So retailers don't like when you're out of stock for weeks and weeks, that's not a sign of like for them, like, okay, in the beginning, cool. Maybe you sold out one day, but how quickly can you replenish that supply chain? So it becomes like a bigger effort than I think a lot of people will underestimate going into retail. They're like, oh, great. Target reached out and like we launched and we sent the products and that's it. But you got to roll up the sleeves like that you're in it for it's a marathon. It's a marathon. And I think some people truly underestimate what it takes to number one, have the business already established, right? Because you you have to have that established before you can say, okay, now we want to get into the stores and now we want to get onto the shelves. Right. And I think sometimes people can underestimate what that actually takes. And when you do see a black owned business or minority owned business on a shelf, it took a lot for them to get there. It took a lot of grit. It took a lot of, um, in a lot of cases, money, whether it's theirs or they were, you know, you know, they're funded or whatever the case may be. It takes a lot, you know, to get into these spaces. And I always tell people to, you got to support, right? So for example, I think of, um, so I, I'm a target person. I love target. Um, I'm reformed because before I used to be like, oh, I can't with Target. Like, I just used to be like, it's so expensive, like da da da. And then during the pandemic, I found myself just like getting out of the house and like perusing through the aisles of Target, talking to, you know, my best friend on the phone and just like going into this aisle, going into that. And I was like, oh, okay, just kidding. I love Target now. So with that being said, I discovered so many Black and minority owned businesses just literally walking through Target. And I'm not just talking about Black History Month, you go and they have the, you know, the Black History Month section in the front of the store. I'm talking about just going through the aisles and seeing even in the home section, in the decor Mm -hmm. section, in the beauty section, of course, they now have Ulta in a lot of Targets. They have Ulta inside, which is like, you know, that's just dangerous for me. But that's how I discovered Honey Pot. So for those of you that don't know, Honey Pot is a Black-owned um uh, I would say feminine product business, like personal care business. So there are a lot of, um, products for, you know, feminine pads and, and tampons and, uh, uh, you know, body sprays and feminine sprays and washes and wipes and all those types of things. And I was just walking through and I was like, Oh, I think I'd heard of some controversy with them, like during the beginning of the pandemic, I think. Mm -hmm. And then I saw, and I was like, well, it's black owned. So I'm just going to get it. And I just stuck it in my car. I have not stopped using honey pot since. And it's so funny that you say, because it's the demand because I remember at some points they were always sold out. So you would literally have to wait to get pads. And as women, we have a cycle every single month. So like we we need our stuff. Right. And I think they probably realized that because ever since then, you know, my honey pot is on the shelf. Okay. Yeah, no. And I think too, consumers are more savvy these days. I think or, you know, in 2020, there was a lot that a reckoning that people had um, when it came to recognizing the value of minority-owned businesses, just my uh, people in general. Sure. So as a result, consumers became a little savvy about where they're buying their products, who they're buying their, their products from, and diligently asking the questions. 
And I had a, a client of mine, one of her customers emailed her and said, hey, I see you're stocked with X retailer. Should I buy from them or should I buy from your website? Where do you get the most money? Like mm. no one was thoughtful enough to reach out and like, I don't know how the behind the scenes of all this stuff works, but where sure. do you get the most dollar? Because that's mm. where I want to file mine with you. I know that's right. <laughs> and like, for those, anyone that might be thinking like, huh, like wh- which is the best? Um, you should actually, as if you are a loyal customer or follower of a brand that you love, um, you should switch back and forth actually where you purchase the products because it actually, from a business perspective, the company gets more money if you're ordering directly from their website, but obviously they launch with major retailers to increase their footprint, brand awareness, all that good stuff. But it's mm-hmm. a lower, it's a lower margin that they're technically getting. But if you don't buy from that retailer, then they're not going to stock them. So if you're trying to like circulate it and like be a good loyal customer, like try to switch off sometimes between like, all right, I'm going to go buy these um, products for my everyday when I go to Target, but maybe I might go to their website and buy something that's that's new or exclusive to their website to support them as well. To support them. And it's so, it's so crazy that you were talking about kind of in 2020 and the shift in people, or I, I, I don't even want to say people, I think people, but mostly business perspectives on the black dollar and, and supporting how supporting black people amplifying black people in the workspace, amplifying black businesses in your, in your stores and black brands and minority owned brands and things like that, how much it actually positively impacts our economy, impacts people. And just overall has, there's a positive shift, right. In operations, if you do invest into minority uh, minorities, right. So there was this site that I was, I think I still follow them called, I think it was a pull up or shut up. And, um, I was religiously, <laughs> I was like, what business has got, you know, no black people on their e-board? Like that was literally me. Like I was just like, I'm going through no, a lot was, of honestly, That was just yeah. genius. Cause Sharon Shooter started that and she's the founder of Oma Beauty. I know it mm-hmm. really was needed because it pulled back the veil of how many, yes. okay. It, Cause you also will look at different advertisements, as I said, where it might be all of us in it, but then you pull back the veil and like, wait a minute. There's no black people on their executive team. There's no black, there's no black people on the board and you don't have anyone who is a minority sitting in the room making the decisions. And that's where the problem comes from. And that's where you come into where you're running into companies that are tripping up on their words and doing the wrong things because there's no one there to represent. And there's also no one there to kind of something our vice president Kamala Harris said um, when she was coming up. And I remember she said, that I may be the first, but I won't be the last. And it just really, it spoke to me because it's, it's, and it speaks to a lot of what you're doing. Like you need to pull people up with you and you need to help people out and help open doors for other people. And if you don't have that representation sitting in, you know, on the board and in the executive teams and in the director positions and all those things that it's just going to be a block. You're just going to keep hitting walls and hitting walls and hitting walls. And I don't think people really understand that the work that, you know, you're doing and other people are doing is really important. (laughs) I don't, I, I, Truly, that's why I was like, let's have her on because I just don't think people understand that, you know, diversity and inclusion and, you know, being represented in all spaces is very, 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 very important. So I I appreciate that because Mm -hmm. the whole reason I started Grayscale were really for those nights that I was crying in my office when I worked at Beauty Bakery, banging my head against the wall of like, okay, these retail agreements that we've signed on, 
what does term, what does this term on page seven mean? And like mm. not having really an advocate or someone that looked like me to go and ask kind of those, like those dumb questions or the things that you just don't know, you learn from trial and error. So I do my best to encourage clients of like, look, I don't know every aspect of the retail machine, but there's like some major concepts that I learned early on that I know are going to save you some money. Like mm -hmm. when we launched with a major retailer, um, we launched in 10 stores and I had to order like 10 fixtures for the products, like simple math, 10 stores, get 10 fixtures. No mm -hmm. one told me about like what happens if FedEx loses one of them or some a shelf breaks. And the, mm -hmm. the company is looking at me, this little small indie brand to pay for it. And mm -hmm. so I'm sitting here like, okay, so uh, I need to order an extra. Like also these cost less when you order them in bulk. Like, so now I you have to order, order an individual one or two and yeah, yeah. And that's like mm -hmm. tens of thousands of dollars that we just don't have. So sure. it's these moments and the, these experiences that I wanna openly talk about with other founders of like, hey, when you get that email from that your favorite retailer, oftentimes it's like, oh my God, Alta reached out. But like, that needs to wear off real quick because we got to have a conversation about like, here. That's cute and all, but. <laughs> yes, like this, that was really cute. Like bask in your moment, sis. Like I, I, I'm very a proponent of everyone doing self-care and taking a moment to pat themselves on the back for the work that they have achieved. Boom, mm -hmm. like let that wear. Okay, we, we did that for three days. Now we got to dig in. Like. <laughs> We're going to ask the yeah. hard questions. Can you mm -hmm. support this from a bottom line perspective and just be able to be successful and move on? So I appreciate you saying that um, the work is needed because there isn't a lot of visibility or community for us to be able to bounce these ideas and questions off one another to be able to progressively move the businesses forward. Absolutely. What are some of the um, brands, if you can, can you share with us that you've worked with and gotten into some stores? Yeah, so I have a client by the name of Cosmology. It's a hair tools company. So they just launched with Target at the end of January. So for those with kinky coily hair um, and whose arms get tired from detangling, because mine used to previously before having this product, um, it helps you like get through your curls quite quickly for your, your wash, uh, wash days. Um, so they just launched, like I said, at Target at the uh, end of January. Previously, I helped launch them into Urban Outfitters, um, skincare brand that I've worked with by the name of Folk Beauty, um, amazing founder who's very particular about like ingredient education for our customers. Because I think sometimes in communities of color, we recognize what ingredients are really good for our hair. We know, okay, let's mix mayo, avocado, honey, and make an at-home mask, but we don't know how do we, how do we do that naturally for dark spots or hyperpigmentation? So she's mm -hmm. really amazing about providing that education to her customer through her products. Um, mm -hmm. So we've launched in Credo Beauty, also launched with Urban Outfitters, CBD brand that I've worked with, helped them launch with, um, the CBD brand by the name of Frigg, helped them launch with Detox Market, Urban Outfitters, and have some other retailers in the pipeline. That is amazing. That's just you know, that's so good to hear. I'm, I'm literally here taking um, some notes on, on just the brands to amplify them, you know, as well. And I think that it's really important to just, um, you know, kind of uh, help each other out and, and, and uh, open up the door and open up opportunities. I think so many things in this day and age is word of mouth. You know, I think, um, you know, even, I, you know, I do have, you know, hey, Alicia.com. Um, I have that and I have, you know, I, I sell teas and, 
my family, I have a Caribbean background. So a lot of the, the sayings and the stuff that I have on my t-shirts are stuff that, you know, people from the Caribbean would understand or people and, you know, that have been raised in a, a Latino household would understand being, you know, from South Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sometimes really is just someone like wearing my shirt and then someone sees it and says, oh my God, that's, I love, that's funny. That's, oh my gosh, where'd you get that? And they recognize the saying or the phrase that they've heard from a family member. They just heard growing up. And, um, and then someone goes on the website and buys a shirt. So it's really important. I think too, to like amplify these businesses. And, and I, I often, I have seen sometimes in, um, in minority communities, me, you know, as an experience in the black community where sometimes we kind of like, um, what's the word we, um, gatekeep information and we gatekeep, you know, like, like someone who's maybe worked with you. Right. And you've, you've helped them get to where they want to be and get on the shelves and they may not give your information to some, and I don't think, you know, hopefully no one's doing that to you, but I'm just saying that we often have seen that or just not helping each other out or giving each other tricks. Listen, I believe that there are so many niches out there and products. And I mean, not everyone is doing something different, right? So someone could be doing what you're doing, but they're doing differently. Someone could be doing a podcast on what I'm doing, but they're, they're not me. They're doing it differently. So I really believe it's important for everybody to kind of like share what has helped them. And I know that you have um, on your website, you have some courses from gray to green uh, courses and things to kind of help people, you know, get to where they need to be, which is great too, because you could be not telling people, you know, and you're actually trying to educate, right? Education is important. Yeah. At the end of the day, like I'm here to be of service to as many people as possible, but I recognize that it's just me, myself running this as well as I have two individuals, a virtual assistant and another um, coordinator that helps me with various different tasks, but I want to be able to amplify and like educate people on the process because I think that's really sometimes where it starts where people just have the idea of like, how do I get in contact with a target buyer? But I think there's like a necessary prep work that has to be done before you have that viral moment and they reach out to you or that you reach out to them. And so I'm a big proponent on providing that education first. So anyone that onboards with me, we do like a retail market analysis of like, who are your competitors? How are they priced? Can your uh, internal cost of goods actually support a retail relationship? So I decided to create... um, Uh, an online school called From Gray to Green, where essentially, you know, as a founder or someone that's embarking on a new industry, you sit there with like this gray cloud over your head of like, I just know I want to start, but I don't know how to get from point A to point B. So it's essentially Mm -hmm. what From Gray to Green is, where I'm helping you to get from point A to point B through a series of courses. One being how to um, launch a product business. So when you launch that skincare line, you launch that hair care line, I give you some questions to go take to the manufacturer so you don't get screwed like what is your minimum order quantity like if you don't or what is your moq if you don't know what moq is it means minimum order quantity and i break mm-hmm. down um the alphabet soup on how this can actually help you and pertain to your business and then the other course is how to pitch to a retailer because oftentimes you know people will want to go in give their whole life story but you only have a half hour to really or or an hour if you're potentially doing in person uh to really hook them in and get them to say yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, again, it's important. And I believe education is incredibly important, especially when it comes to these things. I do think 
you know, I'm resourceful, but oftentimes I'm like, let me sign up for this course real quick, or let me just, you know, or let me just like read through this ebook. I, you know, I've seen ebooks too. Like those things are really important because they really can help you avoid making the mistakes. Um, and also I do think that life is a journey and life is all about making mistakes and, and really learning from them. But I, I think, uh, it really helps to kind of have some sort of resource to, uh, to go to. So that's fantastic. Now let's get into, um, all things Bravo. (laughs) What's really serious guys. No, I'm just kidding. So we have talked and I know that you are a big Bravo fan and a big reality TV fan. And you did mention that you have, uh, worked with and, you know, been around some Bravo liberties. So tell, tell us the tea, tell us, tell us what, you know, tell us what you've been doing. Tell us who, you know, yeah, I mean, look, I'm longtime Bravo fan watching all the Housewives, Vanderpump, Rule, Vanderpump Rules, all the other shows. So um, early on in my career, I did get to work on like Lisa Vanderpump's home collection, which was super fun. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, as you see her on the show, she's just as fabulous, home, just as decadent, all that like good stuff. Um, and I'm obviously obsessed with watching Vanderpump Rules. But I think for me, what happened... <laughs> They did that like amazing episode where you got, it was like an episode of Housewives where all at like Lisa's for like a dinner party. And then like the next episode was Vanderpump Rules where you got it from like. Oh, where Sheena and Brandy were talking. I do remember that. And I was kind of like, what is happening? (laughs) It's a crossover episode. Yeah, I remember. Yes. It was just so interesting because you could see like, okay, you have all these like rich ladies who are arguing over whatever dumb thing they were arguing over. And then you flip to the server's perspective. And so it, it just makes me think about like, oh yeah, when you're out to dinner and arguing or whatever. What are your waiters truly observing of you? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, well, I, it's funny. So um, we had talked uh, before a few weeks ago and I remember I was like, oh, well, Bravo fan. I mean, hello, because I love to talk about pop culture and we talk about the journey, y'all. We talk about lifestyle, but listen, I, I, your girl loves pop culture. I love to get into the tea. I love mess sometimes. So here we are. And I remember you said Vanderpump Rules and I was like, oof, hadn't really watched a lot of Vanderpump Rules <laughs> this season. I just, I just wasn't feeling it this season. And I just, I haven't really watched, but I did watch the reunion. I literally prepped for this conversation and I watched the reunion <laughs> for this season. And I just remember being like, the show is just so different now. And it's not, it's, it's not the same. It's, it's incredibly different. I feel like the characters, the cast on the show is maybe not necessarily my cup of tea. Uh, I do miss other people that were problematic, but also made for good television, which I recognize. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So is, um, so did you know Jax? <laughs> I did not. So none of them on Vanderpump Rules I have like personally met or or worked with. I just found him entertaining, saucy entertaining, but obviously now as we've progressed on, they're problematic for their own reasons and obviously have been sure. let go from the show. So the only comic relief that you really get is James and Lala. And I just don't feel like they can carry the show by themselves. There's no additional, like I, like, I appreciate the transparency about James's sobriety issues and, and all that stuff. Cause there's someone out there where that is beneficial for, sure. but 
how many seasons can we go back and forth about you being a fuck up? Like that's right. I yeah, I can't. I can't. I just this season, I it just wasn't it for me. And I genuinely have been on this like women's empowerment and like, you know, uh, you know, women owning businesses. And that's what I'm so interested to talk to you and like minority owned businesses and beauty industry and all this stuff. And I think sometimes there's just such a lack of content and I'm just like, what am I doing here? I think I used to love Lisa Vanderpump talking about her businesses and all the, you know, her rosé and her restaurants and all the things that she was Did doing. Did you even- Vanderpump dog on Peacock? I didn't. I didn't. That one was cute. It was a really was cute it? show. I had just like given up so I just <laughs> I was like I just I give I there, and also too like I've actually been trying to listen to um so obviously I have my podcast of course but I have been trying to listen to like more podcasts you know from other people and I've been trying to like get my head into that too sometimes and um yeah I just I just really had and I think right now uh you know we talked a little bit about Real Housewives of Atlanta um we talked about Kenya and in you know in line with what we're talking about today I did also see that Sheree finally launched her She by Sheree <laughs> you know spring summer fall whatever the hell she finally Summers. launched yeah. Her, she, yeah. her She by Sheree um so I did see that that they filmed that yesterday which again, like, you know, any sort of black owned business I'm in for, but I, you know, sometimes I like to see that, like when they launch a business, so again, not just anything. Cause you have some people that come on the show and they launch things that you're just like, what are you doing? Like, like it you doesn't don't make any sense, it but like, it makes sense. Each franchise. I feel like I learn a different business tip from, or like yeah. there's just a nugget to take away. Cause even when I look at Salt Lake, you have Whitney oh, Rose who dumped her entire <laughs> basically life savings into a business into rebrand I, it was like, thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars right into yeah. a business rebrand it's insane yeah which I mean if you were if, if you weren't going to bet on your brand like who else is but sure. we want to be able to make sure our children can actually go to college <laughs> or can eat so <laughs> like okay I don't know if I would do all of that and then even when you look at what's her name Lisa Barlow and technically because she's she, she she's Mormon and like you can't drink but she owns a tequila line Vita tequila so it, yeah so then it becomes a question of like where do the where's the line of like moral values and like for profit like okay interesting um sure sure yeah I mean, Potomac and the whole three-bit candle debacle oh, like Jesus. <laughs> lord i honestly so i love i love potomac um i think first of all they're all fabulous they're all gorgeous and it, i mean that that was slightly um shallow but they are whatever and um but also they're all black women which makes me quite happy to see a yeah. show which is all black women and you know smart that you know they're such smart women um they can be a little shady but it's it's in it's in a good way and i enjoy it but with potomac that whole candle thing I, like I was literally like we all love candles we some people like a one wick some people like a three wick some people like wooden some people like something else like like why is this a thing why I honestly I, never paid attention to whether or not I had a one wick or three wick <laughs> honestly until that episode where I'm like huh what is going <laughs> okay normally like I, I just smell it do I like it buy it move on but for me, that wasn't even the most problematic issue throughout that season. Like what I couldn't sleep over was Robin. Like I understand she was going through depression. Sure. She couldn't get out of bed and she was trying to figure out the signs of whether or not it truly was that. 
Um, but when she, I think it was her and Giselle were like having a moment and she was saying, yeah, like I have retailers and I have people reaching oh, out to me and I yes. just, I've left them all red. <sighs> like sis, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so, okay. So full transparency, I love Robin and I, she's one of, to me, she's like a strong She's this, she's not like an alpha. She's not like domineering and like, like a Karen or a Giselle, but she's, she's a strong B. I, yeah, she's like a strong B. Right. And she also, I just think she's gorgeous too, which is again, shallow, but whatevs she's gorgeous. And, um, so I love her and hearing that, like you said, made me cringe. Like I was like, is she serious? I mean, she was saying she had target. I think, did she say TJ Maxx? I think or Macy's. I think it was Macy's. It wasn't CJ Maxx. I think it was Macy's and all these retailers. So for those of you that don't know, Robin, um, has, um, embellished is her brand embellished hats and they are caps like they're hats because I think she has stuff other than baseball caps but they are hats but they have silk lining on the interior of the hat and for us black girls and for girls that have like thicker hair and kinkier hair and curly hair we need to protect our hair we can't just be wearing any old you know cotton this and cotton that and things that just don't protect texture um and the curl of our hair and sometimes when you wear things that don't protect you your ends could split and all these types Mm -hmm. of things so this product that she has is so smart because we do want to wear caps and we do want to wear hats but we don't we want to protect our hair so she created this uh, line of of caps and hats um that have like a silk a silk or satin lighting and um she's been doing really well selling online and apparently was approached by these major retailers and had just been like sitting on it like and didn't do anything with it and I don't know I I still haven't seen them your girl I love to frequent a little Macy's I love to do a peruse through Target and I've never seen them so I don't know what's going on there because I know (laughs) from a business perspective when those retailers reach out sometimes the buyers actually have you in mind for a specific in cap engagement maybe even launch date and so it could have been a time sensitive launch even if it wasn't like retailers they do work like a season ahead like they're already talking about like uh, next month we're talking about 2023 for a client and we're just wow. a month into this year so mm-hmm. even though like there are going to be like long lead times it was just that pains me because you put so much effort into your business as an entrepreneur and those are the type of moments that can just be a catalyst for huge success and like mm-hmm. more brand awareness so I was just like Girl, oh. <laughs> like baby, oh, what is you? To me, please. <laughs> I, will <help> you. <laughs> I will help you package them, Robin. No, I agree. I, I that that was painful, and I know people gave Giselle a lot of crap about you know she was hard on her and blah blah but I think she cares about her and they are friends I actually have listened to um they have a podcast called reasonably shady which is there's there you can tell they are true sisters and friends and they just have a funny like banter and you know relationship yep. and they talk about stuff and Giselle cares about her and wants her to do well um so people got on Giselle but I was like no when you're a real friend you're like listen you have to you got to keep it real sometimes and you have to let them know like even yeah. if it's you know even if they feel a little hurt you feel a little stung you have to tell them so yeah and, and the, use your resources and your village to lean on like look I'm not in a place where I can take care of this forward it to somebody to have the call on your like just do something nothing is not an option 
I agree. No, I completely agree. Well, I, again, those two franchises, um, Real Housewives of Atlanta and Real Housewives of Potomac are majority, if not all black cast uh, women of women. So it's, um, it's always nice, you know, as you know, sometimes they can be a little much and do things that I don't agree with, but it's so nice to see them on your screen. And it's so nice to see when they have, you know, I, I was just saying like, you know, uh, Robin and Giselle have a podcast and that's done really well. I think it just got nominated for an NAACP award, which is, I mean, hello, that's like, it's amazing. You know what I mean? To get nominated for that type of award and, and be honored with that nomination. So they're doing what they need to do. Um, so let's get into, because I can't help, I just want your opinions on, um, the, new season of the real housewives of new york if there is to be a new season are you a new york fan is also a question too i have been watching new york i think i started when bethany made the second return and i kept okay. watching from there from, on okay okay um, it's interesting because I actually, I guess this could be a joint question for both of us as, as women of color because we're talking <laughs> yes. about Atlanta and Potomac and how those are majority or if not all black cast. But then there's something else that's happening across Beverly Hills in New York where we're adding black mm-hmm. characters, but there's kind of like this universal theme that keeps occurring, which has happened obviously in New York with Ebony. Um, I, I, Ebony gorgeous. I love the energy that she came in. Definitely you say something sideways, she's going to come with the education and the quotes to back it up of like why you're absolutely insane. Um, But I feel like across New York, even with the addition of Garcelle in Beverly Hills, there's kind of this like always this conversation about like the Black woman in the room and like Mm -hmm. how she feels an outsider or Garcelle didn't necessarily take the route of like, I need to educate you on all black things, which I appreciated. Like she kind of mm-hmm. drew the line of like, I'm going to tell you guys more about my Haitian culture while sure. Ebony went full professor on the Ebony women. was like, we're going to talk about Josephine Baker. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to assign all of you black figures <laughs> at this thing. And we're going to have a whole black Shabbat and we're going to do all the things so you ladies yeah. can understand. But yeah yeah I I honestly and it's I bring it up just because we were talking about brands and about you know like minority women and it's Bravo's at this and reality tv so obviously in the wake of 2020 there was a I believe a reckoning for a lot of people and we did earlier talk about um, you know, retailers and major corporations, but even in media, right? And even in television and even in movies, people want to see more representation. They want to see things that reflect the world that we live in. And that is completely fair. However, there's a way to do that responsibly. And I mean, I, so I'm not a big um, a Bachelor fan. I know people might like crucify me for that, but I, I just, I, that's just, I, I, I can't. It's, it's been on for a million years and I, I only watched the season with is it Matthew the black first black bachelor that was like oh, last yeah. year I didn't even watch it I want the girl the bachelorette with Rachel Rachel so mm-hmm. I honestly didn't watch that and that was a few years ago I didn't even watch that when I heard about it I knew people that watched it I think her husband is from Miami so it was like a big thing down here you know whatever but with Matthew I did watch because a friend of mine her sister actually was one of the contestants on the show so I was like well I'm gonna watch her because I want to see how she does and then when she was out I was like well we're done here and I didn't watch it but then I started hearing about the girl that he did end up picking, apparently said some like 
you know, was, was caught at some, like, uh, some, uh, Dixie party. And she was wearing, like, she was at a party and there were like Confederate flags in the back and something, something, something. And uh, it turned into like a big thing. He found out about it. I allegedly, they got back together. I honestly don't even know what's truly happening people, but I'm just saying that it becomes an issue when like, you want so badly to be like, oh, but we do represent Black people and we are giving Black people a platform. We are giving Latina women a platform and Latino men a platform, Latino men a platform. However, are you really doing your research? Are you really doing your due diligence? Are you really like making sure that they feel comfortable in these spaces and they're not the only one? I have been in situations where I am the only one and it's not fun. And especially as you get older and you're more aware of your surroundings, you're like, wait a minute, pump the brakes, right? So I, um, for me in Real Housewives of New York, that was tough to watch because I could see that Ebony wanted to teach. She comes from, uh, I think, a newscasting uh, background. Mm, and and you can tell, yeah, she's an orator and she really did want to teach. But when you have women who are just so ignorant and like set in their ways, but I feel like Bravo kind of like hung her out to dry. And she was just kind of like there by herself and nobody was really there to like back her up when she was in these uncomfortable situations, like a Black Shabbat dinner, which... I have opinions on that because I kind of feel like her hosting that I did truly understand. I felt like somebody else who actually maybe was Jewish could have probably uh, uh, hosted that and represented well, other woman there. I, yeah, I, I guess I look at it like there was the other woman I think that kind of co-hosted. So Ebony yeah. represented the black and the other woman represented the Shabbat. And the, the Shabbat. Together. And they came together. Touche. I, I just, I have such a like, um, a, this is a total sidebar, which I told you was totally going to happen. But I was actually listening to, there's a podcaster. Her name is um, Sarah Golly. And she has a podcast called Andy's Girls. And I actually do listen to Andy's Girls. I've had a friend that he's been on a couple of times. So I, you know, listened when he was on and I just kind of kept listening. And she was a guest host on another podcast, um, I believe called I'm Sorry. I want to say it's called. And they were talking, they did bring up kind of um, the Black Shabbat and the whole thing, uh, not Black Shabbat, Jesus mm-hmm. Christmas. I think they might've brought up, but Whoopi Goldberg, the recent thing with Whoopi Goldberg and how people, Whoopi Goldberg made some comments that she probably shouldn't have made, she should have yeah. kept herself, to be honest with you. She just shouldn't have said it at all because I, yeah, whatever. Um, and Whoopi made some comments about the Holocaust not being about race and people were very upset and she kind of I don't know if she doubled down on it, but I think she tried to explain herself on like a later TV appearance that day. And it just came off as if she was like doubling down on it. Like it's not yeah. about race. It's about man's inhumanity towards other men. But the thing is, I it, it's this is why I say representation is so important is because I was listening to the podcast yesterday and Sarah uh, Gali was a guest host on this other podcast and she was she's Jewish. So she was mm-hmm. trying to explain that. Judaism is not just a religion, right? It, it and the Holocaust really it was about race, though. It actually was. And if you know your history, and if you you know know anything about that, yes, there's the religion portion of it, but it is about race. And she kind of went into you know Judaism as a culture and how she as a reformed Jew, you know, practices the whole thing, right? So I was just thinking, I was like, man, it is so important for us to have people in the room to guide these conversations and to make sure that we are educated and we are not misinformed. And I think that's where Bravo does such a bad job when they introduce these housewives, for example, like Tiffany Moon on the Royal Housewives of Dallas. She is an anesthesiologist. She's a brilliant doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, She is Asian. She's Chinese. And they brought her onto the show. They introduced her to a cast of 
all white women, like all white women in Dallas. And she had such a tough time. There was so much racism going all around on that cast to the point that they have now like indefinitely canceled Real Housewives of Dallas. Who had like her whole issue in like the video or like right before that. So then Brandy's honestly projecting all of her like issues onto Tiffany. But you're right, because at the end of the day, all it takes is a simple background check um Mm -hmm. and also a simple social media scroll we're only just now in 2022 2020 is not that long ago so if you were just to scroll just to 2020 to see whether or not someone had said some messed up stuff during black lives matter uh case in point salt lake jenny Jenny lord (laughs) did no one no one thought to scroll back and just take like no one thought to just do a just do a quick Facebook search it was right there it was right there but how does that make the paperwork like I don't I don't understand like I think at this point it should be someone's job just to (laughs) to vet vet these people that are going on TV I agree no I completely agree which is why representation having people making the decisions are so important. Like I would like to see Bravo's like executive team. Like I like, like NBC universal, like some pull up, pull up or shut up. Somebody needs to look up NBC universal and look up who is on their like DI space and like their chief DI person or their e-board or their board or whatever the hell, like we need to know who is in the room making these choices or letting these choices happen because it is so damaging and it's so it's actually harmful it's so harmful and I Mm -hmm. want the breakdown of the actual numbers I don't want percents because when you tell me oh yeah 80 percent of our board is BIPOC and you're like the board is five people and (laughs) two of them are black and so that's how you got that like you're like enough (laughs) like really Hello. It's so true. No, that's true. And I think I do think if anybody does want to um, follow Pull Up or Shut Up, um, she's on, they're on Instagram. And like I said, I, I during 2020 and even like the earlier part of 2021, I was like religiously like following because I was like, where I'm putting my money. Cause there's a black, you know, my black dollar needs to, you know, go to places where I feel like we are being represented. So that was a pretty big thing for me, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think, I think in Bravo, I kind of, you know, bringing it all back in, I told you we were going to go left per usual, but what are some of the brands um, in terms of uh, business? And it doesn't have to be beauty that you would really love to, to see thrive. I mean, we've seen, um, what are some of the bigger, I mean, skinny girl, which is like that, that could be a, a class on how Bethany Frankel, you know, made skinny girl to, to what it is now, you Ooh, know, but... that's actually a great idea. I could do a one whole course, <laughs> but I don't know if they're going to like give me a cease and desist letter or something. I'm Bethany gonna... Frankel probably would, but <laughs> way, I mean, honestly, the way that she built that business and that, you know, empire is really, I mean, a story to be told. Um, but you know, what are some other brands that, uh, that you would love to see thrive from our, our housewives and our reality TV stars? I mean, you've already said skinny girl. I honestly, I actively buy that pop, the popcorn that they make. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's quite fire. <laughs> and the dressing, the salad dressings are amazing. I actually am rocking with the, um, what is it? The raspberry vinaigrette has been my thing for the last like few weeks. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's really okay. Good. I need, mm-hmm. to, I need to get on that for my, uh, get snatched look. Cause it went up before I had to Hawaii. So <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously love their products. 
I guess let me mentally go around by franchise. If I'm thinking, <laughs> we have to break it down that way. That's it. That's yeah, I'm not because it's like then they just end up being like a hodgepodge in in my head. Um, if I'm going Atlanta, I have purchased um Go Naked Hair by Portia. It actually was how like really, is that? It was really good quality hair. It did have like a weird smell to it, um, mm, but nothing a little that. you know brick and air out couldn't handle but otherwise it was a really good quality wig so I do a lot of her stuff often sells out she is she can be a problematic housewife but she is one of my favorites <laughs> I know I just I want better for her like this last spinoff that she had with this guy he's like a Nigerian prince I don't even know who he is but she met this man and it's just been so sad to see like her kind of reverting back to her old behavior because I just really loved her growth all these years and her mm-hmm. being a businesswoman. But you know, I digress. I digress. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm here for all of their businesses. I do also really enjoy seeing like in the reality sphere when they do open up restaurants and lounges. So like mm-hmm. Cynthia and her wine cellar. I think they between her and Peter they had like a bar or something down in Atlanta. But maybe that's also just me because like when I go to Atlanta, like I I'm going to be a tourist and so it does give people kind of an attraction or some place to go to when they travel around so when you head to come to LA people automatically want to go to Sur they want to go to Pump they want to go to Tom like you have a long list of places like you would just mm-hmm. walk to them because that's how close they are mm-hmm. um and so they always have great vibes at those um let's see Salt Lake Whitney Rose I've looked up her products I know she's doing like the rebrand but I haven't purchased anything I did go I did visit Salt Lake actually last August my husband and I have like family friends there so I did get to go inside Meredith Marks's boutique Um, oh my god tell me more (laughs) tell me the tea I want to know how was it was anybody stealing anything was Jen Shaw there I mean what's happening there was was nothing there like no no real like a lot of foot traffic like it was kind of like if I'm gonna keep it if I'm gonna keep on 100 it was a little underwhelming um (laughs) (laughs) I kind of walked in walked out um it was your like, like this is nice 30 seconds later yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah it was one of those oh, okay and then you know you maybe have like seven items on the rack like that that vibe of oh that vibe oh okay, okay. I'm not gonna okay. pay three hundred dollars for this like t-shirt type boutique Got um, it. yeah on the flip side I would love to go to envy in Jersey like that's, that's still Me? on my list who so here's the thing melissa gorga has grown on me like truly i enjoy her and there's still some people out there that are like the tree huggers like the Teresa judice fans i personally could do without Teresa. like there's certain things that i'm like oh she's cool but the other things i'm like i could care less i love melissa gorga and i have said like if i went to jersey i would like to go into envy like on display on display i would love to see that I feel like whatever, like, I don't feel like it's going to be as underwhelming as, unfortunately, the Meredith Marks one was. Um, Yeah. I'm hoping not, though, but she has also grown on me. I think she's fun. I actually, out out of the husbands across the franchises, like, I enjoy the Jersey men. Like, I like the, give them more scenes alone. (laughs) I love them. Have you been watching the new season of Jersey? Yes. I think, am I caught up? Yeah, because we just. I didn't know there was some drama already with Louie and girl. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on with the Jersey um, 
the Jersey boys. Uh, there's just a lot happening, but it's been really good. It's been really good. Yeah. There, I mean, there hasn't really been for me, like, um, in Miami there actually, I did. Um, so I do a lot of, um, uh, writing and like checking out different places in South Florida mm-hmm. and like, uh, you know, restaurants and stuff, which is fun. Cause I get to, you know, explore them and write about them for different, um, different, uh, uh, you know, magazines and online, uh, places and platforms. And, um, uh, I actually, Alexia and Frankie's beauty bar. Um, yeah. So I did a quick little visit there. Um, just kind of, again, like a quick, like, oh, okay. And, and, uh, explored a little bit and, um, and wrote about them, um, for, um, I forget, believe it was for the, my, the official Miami, uh, website, um, mm-hmm. like travel and tourism website for Miami and the greater beaches area or the greater Miami beaches area, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is super cute. It is super cute. Um, none of them were there. I did not see Alexia or Frankie, but, um, that it is a super cute little space. And, uh, that in terms of Miami, that's really, you know, I, I think people sometimes think in Miami, like, oh, you must see like Larsa Pippen all the time. And I'm like, absolutely not. Like, first of all, I barely even go out anymore. I'm too old for that shit. I'm too like, old. I'm not like, in this mix. Uh-uh. I, yeah, no, absolutely not. When I was younger back in the heyday, sure. But just not now, but there's some, some cool like businesses down here that, some of the housewives own, even um, Nicole, Dr. Nicole, um, mm. who is on the Real Houses of Miami, the new season, she's pretty awesome. And she actually is an anesthesiologist in a really um, large health system down here, which is wow. pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's really, um, I like housewives when you can, it's not just, oh, I'm on a TV show. There are some that that's what they do and it's fine. But I love when you see, you know, the other ones that have businesses and like real jobs and are doctors. Like, I think it's great. I think it's right. And like, you actually get to see them, not just that like housewife, quote unquote, home life, the the typical things with the kids, like seeing them actually kind of, I don't, I don't want to see anyone struggle, but we have different like work-life balance that should be highlighted from a TV perspective because they do that also I guess Orange County I'm blanking on the new girl's name but she's she's actually a doctor um, oh Dr. Jen mm. yes mm-hmm. um so she's kind of battling that right now with like figuring because her husband is kind of that non-traditional <laughs> stay-at-home yeah. husband yeah. yeah that's like a whole <laughs> that storyline right there is a thing yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about him, but I'm like, hmm, I'll wait it out and see. I mean, it's, he's not my husband, but you know, I'm, of course I'm judging cause I love mess. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of like the, the Bravo housewives roundup and our beauty roundup. So tell everyone where you would like them to follow you, what you're, you know, what you're up to any new courses, any new yeah. teachings. Yeah. So, um, please follow me at Joe Santa, J O like Santa, like Santa Claus G on Instagram and all of the socials. And there you can also access my website from greatergreen.com for all of the courses. And if there's any interest in actually working with me uh, and formalizing a business relationship, you can access me at grayscaledmedia.com. You can shoot me an email or inquiry for us to talk shop about brand partnerships. Um, or retail operations for your business, or if you just want to have like some advisory time, but 
that's the best way to reach out to me. And hopefully later this year, I'll be able to launch my brand partnership course that I'm going to do. Ooh, that sounds very exciting. We are excited for it. Um, I definitely know that there are people out there that have, you know, their businesses and are really um, looking forward to, uh, you know, jumping in and, um, uh, you know, kind of learning how to get into a retail space or even just learning how to, you know, pitch their business and learning how to, uh, to brand themselves and all those things, which I know that you offer. So that's very exciting. Everyone, please follow Jasanta on social media, subscribe. You also can subscribe, I believe on your website, um, as yes. well. So subscribe any, um, you know, updates and newsletters and anything she sends you will be privy to. Um, and then also while you are there, follow, hopefully you're already following, but that's fine if you're not do it now. So, Hey, Alicia, Hey, um, that is my social media handles on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I, I TikTok. I, I posted a few videos, but I just mostly scroll for like hours on TikTok. It's so distracting in like the best way. Yes. Um, but definitely yeah. follow me on Hey Alicia Hey. And then my website is heyalicia.com. Um, also we have an Instagram page for this podcast, the chit chat connoisseur. Um, so it's literally chit chat connoisseur on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, you can find all this information on Hey Alicia and we are streaming on all major, um, uh, streaming platforms, you know, Spotify, Apple podcasts, anchor FM, etc. Um, I am so excited to like be back. I felt like I needed just like a break. <laughs> there's just been so much going on personally in a great way, but just so much going on, um, that sometimes I just was like self-care. Like I just needed to take a minute and I just needed to take a break, um, and just focus on other things. So I am back. We're so excited to have you all peace and love, do good, be good, be better, heal, do all the things you need to do and happy 2022 y'all chat soon. Bye-bye. For more information on Chit Chat Connoisseur Podcast, check out heyalicia.com slash podcast. See you soon.